Maybe you remember those old commercials, Got Milk? And it was usually somebody eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or having a nice warm chocolate chip cookie and desperately needing milk and not being able to find it or finding only empty containers. Well, here's the question. Do you need wisdom? I think all of us would say yes, and it becomes even more intense in the times that we're considering a job or a spouse or just whatever situation where we need wisdom. And if we lack wisdom, the Bible says we can ask God and he will give to us generously. But there are some qualifications there. There are some things that we need to do, and we'll find out more about how to get the wisdom of heaven today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Wisdom is much more than knowledge. Wisdom is much more than intellect. You can have a state of facts You can have a doctorate and be a fool. Because wisdom is more about practical things. It's about practical living. Now, you can can have a doctorate and be a wise person. Don't get me wrong. But you could also have many degrees, many letters behind your name and be foolish. Moses said, teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. That's Psalm 90, verse 12. Proverbs 24.3 says, By wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. Can I speak to the guys for a second? You need to be wise about how you build your house. Build it on a strong foundation. Build your marriage on a strong foundation. Raise your kids in the ways of the Lord. Make a decision as a man to lead your house in the way that it should go, that you guys should go. God will be generous. He will give you, verse 5, James 1. He will give generously, and he will give without reproach. Break down the two words for a second. Generously carries the idea of singleness of heart, verse 5, James 1, of doing something unconditionally without bargaining. The word suggests God's unwavering intent to be generous when you ask him. The only condition is that we ask, and we ask in faith, And we ask with the right motives, as we'll see in chapter four of James. But you have to ask. You know, people in the Christian church say things like this, but it's legitimate. Did you pray about it? How many of you have had a friend say that to you and you're like, okay, Holy Joe. (laughs) But they're right, aren't they? Did you pray about it? Well, oh, 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 oh. Well, maybe you need to go back and pray about it. Maybe you need to ask, doesn't, it's not what everybody else thinks, it's God, what do you think? Right? That's what this text is about. And we can be prone to say, well, I want to ask everybody else what they think before asking God what he thinks. God will give generously, and he he does it without reproach. If you have an NIV, it says he does it without finding fault. Sometimes when we come to God, maybe over the same thing over and over again, we kind of feel like, oh, Lord, I don't know if you want to hear this again. Or we can feel unworthy to ask something like this. I'd really like to ask you for wisdom and help right now, but I've been such a stinker this week. 
Look, God doesn't put preconditions on his love and generosity. He wants you to ask, and he wants you to ask in faith. Jesus told us to ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. To him who knocks, it will be open. What man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? For he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? Matthew 7, 7 through 11. God invites us to a throne of grace to our high priest Jesus Christ and says, come. The Lord gives wisdom. He'll give you what you need in the situation. Now, wisdom is not merely knowledge or ability or intelligence or even genius. It is the power and ability to apply all those things. One writer says, the fool is more readily governed by feelings, desires, that which appeals to me. If it feels good, do it. Never mind the short-term or even long-term consequences on me, my family, and my friends. The fool lives in the moment, in feelings, in the sense that the moment is all that matters. His life has no balance. But the wise man or woman gathers the facts, examines them, prays over them. He or she always uh, is testing them in the light of God's word. Always testing decisions in the light of God's word. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The Apostle Paul picks up this theme about being a spiritual person. And 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6 is the next place you want to go. Chapter 2, verse 6 says, Yet we do speak wisdom, 1 Corinthians 2, 6, among those who are mature. A wisdom, 1 Corinthians 2, 6, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. We speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom, 1 Corinthians 2, 8, which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, which has not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of that man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we, we church, have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things freely given to us by God. Which things we also speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man, a person who's not born again, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no man. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he should instruct him? But we, church, have what? We have the mind of Christ. What's an appraiser do? Have you ever had a house appraised? What do they do? They assess value. 
They'll come to your house. You're going to refinance your house. And an appraiser sets up an appointment. And he looks at your property. He does comps of the neighborhood. He looks at upgrades you might have done. He looks at your view. Do you have a pool? Do you have this? And then he, and he assesses value. Let's say he says, OK, this house is worth this much money. And your loan is contingent on it or whatever. A spiritual person makes appraisals not as the world makes them, but as the word of God makes them. Everybody with me? You can appraise things differently now. You can assess value not as your non-Christians friends do because they don't see value in your Bible studies. They don't see value. You give how much to the work of the Lord? What you, 10%? Come on, dude. They don't know what value is because they don't appraise things in the value of the kingdom of God. But you and I do, and we're trying to do more and more. That's what we have to understand. And so wisdom is a gift from God. He sends it to his people. Daniel was told, do not be afraid, Daniel, in Daniel 10, 12, from the first day that you set your heart on understanding this and on humbling yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come, says the angel, in response to your words. From the first day or moment, you said to heaven, Help me understand, I was dispatched. God gives generously and without reproach if you'll come. But you must come, James 1, 6, how? Let him ask, let the person who lacks wisdom, James 1, 6, ask in faith, without any doubting. For the one who doubts, for he who oscillates in doubt is the idea, is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. We must come and ask God in faith. Now, faith is a Greek word, pistos or piste, and it is a word that means trust, which assumes a relationship. So when this Bible verse says to come or ask in faith, it assumes a relationship with God in a master-servant relationship, a shepherd-sheep relationship, a father-son or daughter relationship. Everybody with me? This is what is assumed in coming in faith because I'll tell you, many people pray. It's been said that there are no atheists in foxholes. If someone is about to get in a major collision or they're in a foxhole with bullets flying over their head, Many people pray. Jonah, down there sleeping at the, in the bottom of the ship, the people come down, what are you doing, man? Cry out to your God. Maybe one of these gods is real and he'll answer. We're in a storm, dude. Where are you from and where are you going and what's up with you? Right? Look, many people pray. The question is, is it a prayer of faith? Is your prayer about God and his kingdom? Is it about you wanting to go deeper with the Lord? Or is God a bellhop in the sky and you just want him to do something for you? And then, see you later, God. Thanks for getting me out of that one. There's no relationship there. There's no faith. That's just convenience. Let's face it. 
And there are many people who pray out of convenience. And, and look, God is so good and so gracious that even in Hey, listening family, if you're new to Walk in Truth, my name is Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona in Southern California. Hey, recently I've written a book called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. It shows you how to put on what God has provided so that you can stand strong in the spiritual battle and stand strong against temptation with the resources that God provides. This book is available at the store at walkintruth.com. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the store, click on the book. I'll get you a signed copy and your donation will help support Walk in Truth and help us reach out to more people. Again, the book is Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We're in a storm, dude. Where are you from and where are you going and what's up with you? Right? Look, many people pray. The question is, is it a prayer of faith? Is your prayer about God and his kingdom? Is it about you wanting to go deeper with the Lord? Or is God a bellhop in the sky and you just want him to do something for you? And then see you later, God. Thanks for getting me out of that one. There's no relationship there. There's no faith. That's just convenience. Let's face it. And there are many people who pray out of convenience. And and look, God is so good and so gracious that even in an emergency, he'll hear your prayer and he'll, he'll be wooing you to himself. But when we ask, there is a how. We need to ask in faith. In Mark 11, verses 22 through 24, Jesus said, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says is going to happen, it shall be granted him. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they shall be granted to you. Just so you know, this prayer does have some contingencies. Like this mountain is probably the temple mount in a specific context. And when you say to a mountain, be moved, in Jewish thought, a mountain being moved was an expression in Jewish thought of overcoming difficulty. Lord, I don't know if you can move this mountain, but I'm going to ask you to. That's the idea. So when we come and we align ourselves with God's will and we pray and we come in faith, well, God wants to bless James' illustration here, notice in verse 6, if you are a doubter, you're like, this is a simile with the word like, there's an example given from the ocean. If you come doubting, you come without faith, you're not really a believer, it's just about an emergency escape, you'll be like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. James may have used this example from his Time around the Sea of Galilee, don't know for sure, but storms would come up there. But here's, here's uh, James, I think it's uh, James Moo. He says, the image is not so much of the wave rushing shoreward as, of the constant, as it is of the constant restless surging of a body of water, like the surface of the sea, never having the same appearance from moment to moment, shifting and moving according to the direction and strength of the wind. The divided person has no fixed beliefs and no direction. 
having no anchor for the soul, Hebrews 6.19. He is prey to every shifting wind of doctrine, contrary storm of opposition and persecution. His loyalty to God is constantly threatened. He does not possess unwavering confidence in God because he or she is not even sure they're a Christian. How can you have confidence in prayer if you don't even know if you believe in God? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible. So I ask you, do you believe? If you want to go to God as a person who doesn't believe and then you, you want to come and pray, you haven't even settled where your loyalties lie. You haven't even settled which king and kingdom you serve. So you're going to be like a person storm-tossed because you haven't even made up your mind if you want to be a Christian. Now look, there's a time for examining the faith, and you may be there tonight. There's a time when you're trying to figure out, is this the way I should go? But there's also a time when you know it's time to decide. It's time to plant your flag. Are you going to be a Christian or not? Are you going to serve me or not? I've, I had the Lord speak that to my heart many times. I want you to decide. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ or not? Do you want to continue to be storm-tossed and blown around by every wind of doctrine, or are you going to find me to be the anchor of your soul? Are you going to blow with every wind of culture and doctrine, believe something about God until your friend tells you something different and you don't investigate it, and, and you go, well, now I believe this. Now I believe that. Now I believe this. Oh, my friend just shared this with me. Now I believe that. You're storm-tossed. You have no anchor. You don't know what you believe or why you believe it. It's just the next fad, the next phase. That's what James is saying. He's saying God is generous and gracious, but if you're a doubter and you haven't made up your mind about what kingdom and king you serve, you're on a roller coaster ride, out of control, on a wild ride to nowhere. You're like a, one of those buoys or corks bouncing up and down in the ocean, you ever seen those things? They just kind of blow with the wind. Can you see the faces of some people that you know? Can you picture them? Storm-tossed, blown around. In fact, sometimes when they walk in the door, it almost feels like wind followed them in. No anchor. And no, no real solid answers for life. Maybe you've met one, maybe you know one, maybe you used to be one, maybe you are one tonight. And James says, look, if you want wisdom from God and you haven't planted your flag, just, uh, just know that you shouldn't expect that you will receive anything from the Lord. If you are that person, you're, you're a doubter, you have not pledge your allegiance to Christ, you're not going to get anything from God. James says you can take this to the bank. Don't expect to get anything from the Lord. As it was said to the people of Israel by Elijah, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, then follow him. If Baal's God, then follow him. And the people answered him, nothing. They said nothing. And the final verse this person being described in this simile of the ocean 
is a double-minded man or a double-minded person, unstable in how many? In all his ways. This is in, literally, this word double-minded is the word soul. It's sukas. It's literally double-souled. That shows you how deep the division is. They're not just double-minded. They're double-souled. They haven't made up their mind if they will give their soul to Christ. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? You have a soul. Your soul is going to live on. And Jesus said, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? If you gain the whole world, it would not profit you to give up your soul. And some people are double-souled. Barclay, a walking civil war. They're, at, they're in a war with themselves as to what they should believe. You ever seen those actors that they paint one side of their body with one character and then they turn and then they're another character? <laughs> That's kind of the person here. One moment they look like they're a, a Bible-toting Christian. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Next moment. <laughs> like, what happened to you, bro? Well, today I'm over here. Sunday from the hours of 10 to noon, I'll be over here. And they're unstable in all their ways. And look, that kind of person, well, I'll just say it. I've been that kind of person and I don't want to be there again. Leading up to my uh, trusting in Christ by his grace and even the first few years as a Christian, I was I was double-souled. One day I was over here, next day I was playing this part. And that's instability. In Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan called such a man, Mr. Facing Both Ways. The depth of his struggle, deep in his soul. Should I believe, should I not, should I trust, should I not? But I wanna leave you with some good news. Here's the good news. The man or woman of God who is single-souled or single-minded, who has made up their mind, you're not gonna be perfect, but you've made up your mind that you're serving Jesus, no turning back, who believes and knows the Lord can expect to receive wisdom and strength from God. As one writer put it, the testing of our lives make it possible for us to be, become immensely wise. The testing of our lives creates the possibility that we become immensely wise. And so we have these wonderful examples in Scripture of men and women who once were foolish and became wise, and they changed the world. And I ask you, and I think James, if James were up here tonight, knowing how James was, I think he would ask us, so <laughs> what do you want to be? Who are you going to follow? Whose wisdom is going to illumine the path of your life? Because you got one life, and soon it will be passed. And only the things you do for Christ will truly last. So I pray that you can be a person of wisdom. I can be a person of wisdom and pass that along to others. Father, thank you for your word. It is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It helps us, the wisdom of your word helps us when we're going the wrong way and it illumines the right way. And I pray that the folks here tonight that you've brought to this place for such a time as this 
would hear the voice of God, the voice of wisdom. And if you're here tonight, I'm gonna ask you to pray right now. Just if you bow your head and your heart, can you say tonight that you heard God speak? Well, his word was taught. And here's the question. Are you willing to make a commitment to follow him? He's been wooing you. He's been calling you. Maybe you're in a trial right now and he's been driving you to himself. The first step is to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He's here tonight. He loves you. That's why he died on that cross for you. But he's going to ask you to make a decision to follow him to no longer be an unstable person, but to find stability in the anchor who is Jesus Christ. And it does need to be a prayer of faith. It needs to be a prayer of trust, something like this, Lord Jesus. And if it's you tonight, I plead with you to pray right now. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Say it out loud if it's you. I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. Thank you that you love me so much, Lord, that you came down, lived the perfect life that I can't live. Thank you that you died on that cross and took my shame, my punishment, what I deserved at the cross. And thank you that you defeated the grave. You defeated death and that you're alive and you're you're in heaven and you're coming again and I, I'm gonna ask you, Lord, to be my Lord and my Savior, to be my King. I wanna follow your wisdom. I wanna live for your kingdom. I wanna be the man or the woman that you've called me to be. So change me from the inside out, Lord. Let me be born again to a living hope in you. If you're a backslidden Christian and you just, you wandered in here tonight and you know God's calling you back to serve him and to walk with him closely, just, just do some business with him right now and just say, Lord, I, like the prodigal, I wanna come to my senses. I've been in the pig pen long enough. I wanna come home. Lord, I know that you'll be quick to embrace any prodigal in this room who's wandered away. And for the, the dear saints here, Lord, make us more wise, make us more like you. For those who are in a trial right now, I pray that you'd grant them the wisdom that they're asking you for. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, listening family, if you're new to Walk in Truth, my name is Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona in Southern California. Hey, recently I've written a book called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. It shows you how to put on what God has provided so that you can stand strong in the spiritual battle and stand strong against temptation with the resources that God provides. This book is available at the store at walkintruth.com. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the store, click on the book. I'll get you a signed copy and your donation will help support Walk in Truth and help us reach out to more people. Again, the book is Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. 
Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.